Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio with your host, Hurricane Age. As always, a new guest, a new topic, a new day, and a lot of new information. And, uh, you know, uh, over the months, I've been reading things and also even getting some, some um, uh, questions about, you know, health when it comes to menopause and uh, post-menopause. I did have a show before, and we've covered a lot of grounds there. But, but, we didn't talk so much about the nutrition and the approach about it and things like that. And today I have with me actually a specialist <laughs> who will cover those things and beyond. And she will really give us a little bit of uh, true insights about how to deal with all this, the pre, the post, and how to, you know, even stay healthier as we age, uh, and specifically for women, but it could be also the tips that can be for men as well. So, so uh, with, with that, I will just introduce our guest. So Dr. Leslie Kazanov, and she is actually, by practice, uh, a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of expertise. Uh, she is a doctor. She's been a holistic chiropractor. Uh, she is also a sci lab science you know, per person. She's done a lot of work there. And she's also a health coach and teaches and helps people uh, lead a healthy diet and a healthy practice and lifestyle uh, so they can enjoy life as they they age, uh, you know, in beauty and all that good stuff, right? So, so doctor, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, thanks. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm glad uh, you know, to have you on the show. I'm sure our you know audiences here will enjoy our time and and a lot of the stuff that you're going to bring about. And uh, so, so first things first. I mean, I will start with asking you to tell us a little bit about your journey, your story. Uh, and your background, I mean, really, just to to, to give people, I, I try to introduce, but obviously, it, it never does justice, right? So. Sure. Yeah, I got it. So, so, yeah, so I basically started out, as you sort of indicate, as a medical lab scientist. And when I was actually in my, at the very end of my internship in that five-year program, one of the very last things that I had to do was I had to assist at the bedside for a bone marrow biopsy. And as I walked into the room, I found this little old lady laying in the bed who, to my 22-year-old eyes, looked like she must have been 110. <laughs> and I don't know how old she really was, but that was the impression I, I got. And later found out that they were basically doing this bone marrow biopsy to confirm a diagnosis of leukemia. Mm. And it was just a... It was a harrowing experience. It was, you know, um, they use basically a large blunt ended needle to to force into the bone and just and, and they don't they don't anesthetize. 
you know, because it's a short procedure. So, you know, just blood curdling screams that sucked all the energy out of the room, just horrible experience. They finally got, you know, the doctor finally got the sample, handed it to me. I made, you know, I made the microscope slides and got the heck out of the room as quick as I could. But the thing that happened that changed my life forever was not what happened in that room. It's what happened when I got back, back into the lab and I handed that sample to the senior tech and I told her about this little old lady and she looked at me with these sad eyes and she said, but Leslie, they don't even treat leukemia in patients that old. And just instantaneously, this light bulb went on and it was like, what the hell am I doing here? I know. And Leslie, yeah, I, I, doctor, I am. I'm literally in shock. I mean, first of yeah. all, I felt that pain. Just just yeah. the way you described it. I yeah, everybody it was hearing. like and, 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 and every time I tell the story, I still feel it, you know, hey, seriously. Oof. Yeah, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? And then just as instantaneously, the realization that in that position or any position that I could ever hope to grow to from there, from where I was, I would be powerless to ever have any effect on that paradigm. And so that's when I realized that I needed to be on the other side of the fence, so to speak, to help prevent people from having to get into that hospital bed in the first place. And so that's basically what I've dedicated the rest of my life to. So, you know, so I became a chiropractor, you know, did the holistic chiropractic practice for about 25 years and had some great successes in there, but also started to see where I wanted to go further or take a little bit of a different approach. And that together with my own experience going through the whole perimenopause thing kind of brought me into a different category. So, you know, when I went through all that and I ended up taking a colleague's, listening to a colleague's recommendations and going on bioidentical hormones. And two months later, I found myself 20 pounds heavier. I was like, um, wait a minute, there's got to be a different solution here. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to walk around weighing 200 pounds. It just isn't going to happen. <laughs> so that's when pounds. I quit the hormones, went, kind of went down that tunnel and said, well, okay, how do I do this on my own? And I figured the whole thing out, you know, between the diet effect on hormones and all that, and basically brought that back into my own ability to be able to control that, get the weight off, and then start incorporating that into what I was teaching with my chiropractic clients. And then slowly but surely started to evolve into more coaching and consulting. And, well, nice. Kids kids moved on, decided I didn't need to be in an office nine to five anymore. And so this was, you know, an easy transition. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for, for sharing that. And, yeah. and but I think in, in this brief <laughs> intro, you've covered a lot of different topics we can we can dissect, you know, one by one. Well, the first one is uh, that first experience. And 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 uh, I didn't think or oh, I don't know if people know this, but I didn't know that actually you don't get any uh, anesthesia when you get that procedure done. I don't know if it's still the same or not, but I can tell you even epidurals, you got to get, you know, a little bit of anesthesia before you can get those and they can last forever. Cause yeah. I know my wife had one and she still feels that pain in that same spot. So, you right. know, and, yeah. and when somebody, and, and really the brutal piece is that when you go and, and, and someone tells you that, huh, we don't even treat leukemia at that age. It's like, 
What does that mean, that age? That could be your mom, whoever, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and one day, if we age enough, that could be us, right? So right. Uh, it's, it's, it's really like almost, uh, it's bad. I mean, just to hear that, right? Well, it's, the thing for me was that if they were just doing it to name the disease, right. why were they, you know, why? Well, that that was uh, that was going to be my next thing. Yeah. Is that why the, the the fact is you had that person go through that pain uh, at that age, knowing that there's going to be nothing you're going to be doing about it. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's not even humane. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's that, you know, it's yeah. to me that's basically against the oath that that's right. that they that they take. You know, first do no harm. You well, know, if you're, you're not treating it, what good are you doing? I don't think you want to use that approach with with animals, let alone humans, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we treat animals sometimes better than that, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's fact, right? And and but it's for you as as a young, you know, uh, inspiring person, and you're like looking at this like, wow, that's yeah. that's like enough is enough, right? So so that that's our, I mean, first of all, it's it's really like wow, uh, and I'm, I'm sure people are listening right now like, what the hell? I mean, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, people be surprised how, you know, what things, uh, you know, take place out there. Right. Right. Uh, and every day on the show, we, we hear some story that's kind of almost a horror story. And yeah. sadly, it's Halloween around the week. But I mean, it's it's almost a theme here, <laughs> but it, it's crazy. Right. Uh, but but so 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 you took that and then you went to uh, holistic chiropractic. So so get us explain to us what that is. I mean. I know what a chiropractic does. I mean, you know, I love one to pop my bones and all that stuff, get it all online. I, I, I probably can use one right now. But but, but what's the difference, the, the holistic piece of it? Is that stand like a, a different, you know, aspect of chiropractic work? Yes and no. Okay. Um, so, so the thing of it is, is that chiropractic is basically about using the spine as access to the nervous system. The idea being that, you know, the nervous system controls everything in your body and you're accessing, you're accessing that through the spine and the adjustment. But I also always incorporated nutrition and lifestyle and you know, consulting with people to the extent that I could in my practice about exercise, about stress reduction, about healthy eating, about all those other things. And so I term it a holistic practice to just let people know that there was a bigger picture that I was working with rather than just popping a few bones for back pain. Well, and I appreciate that because because I think that's a big difference because the Average person, and again, for example, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm in the insurance world, so we cover chiropractic based on Medicare, you know, definition, but it's really just manipulating the spine, right. and all the basic stuff. Yeah. But, but when you take that and you add the element of nutrition, lifestyle, stress-free mode, and mental state, and all that stuff, I think that's mm-hmm. the holistic part, which which not your standard chiropractic practice, right? It's, it's beyond. Right, and, yeah. And you add in that value, I think a lot of people can see, you know, the approach and, and and the need for it because to your point there's a lot of things that probably happen to us due to stress due to you know, lack of good feeding or good nutrition uh mm-hmm. lifestyle you know activities how we do things you know we lounge mm-hmm. too much are we you know watching tv like like right now the the, the dilemma that the we phone. have their phone <laughs> i was just gonna get one i'm like everybody's doing this yeah. their neck is all like curved right now right and yeah. it's painful. Like you got to be like this to just keep your head up. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that's, that's a new trend. Right. But you know, 
TV, people are doing this, they slouch, you know, they're like this, you know, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's painful. And, mm -hmm. and you pinch all those nerves and it's not good. I mean, you work mm -hmm. out also, that's the other thing. People exercise, they pinch the nerve left, whatever, herniated disc. There's so many things that can happen. Mm -hmm. I have tried chiropractic before and it was a great experience. I mean, you mm -hmm. felt good after you leave that office, right? You're like, yeah. Woo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so it's, a, it's important, but, but I like the concept that you've added those. So, so you basically you give like what, you know, uh, you, you identify what, what's been their lifestyle and then you kind of give recommendations and also maybe like food and, and nutrition things that can help them, you know, really get better. And, exactly. and that, that's, 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 that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so you went from that practice and then you took it to the next level. Now you just coach people about how to do things better, but you mentioned something about your own personal experience. Right. Uh, so you reach the age of perimenopause and, and, and now things change. Right. And I know, like I said, I mentioned earlier, we had a, a, a whole show about menopause and we can define some of the, the, the things. But in your experience, obviously, you know, we always think mood swings and, you know, that, you know, the maybe gain weight, hormonal stuff. And a lot of people go to hormone treatment. Right. It's like a hormone this, the other one. And, and you just said it yourself, you did that and then you wind up getting a lot of weight. Not a good thing. I mean, on right. your knees, on your body, it's not a cool thing. So you realize that. How long did it take you before you actually kind of like, whoa, time's up? <laughs> well, like I said, I gained, literally, I gained 20 pounds in two months. And Ooh. and having come from, a, you know, my own personal background where my mother gained a lot of weight in midlife and then struggled, you know, I, she, she was never thin to begin with, but she also gained, you know, 40, 50 pounds. And in midlife, it was like, I'm not going there. I know I was always, I was always in decent shape and I planned, planned to, and have remained in decent shape. So I just wasn't going there. And so after basically after about, you know, two to three months, I basically got off of the hormones. I, kind of backed off of them and said, there's got to be a different way. And I started investigating. And the, th and the thing that I basically hit upon that most people don't get is that we have some big sources of hormone imbalances that are on the end of our fork, meaning, me meaning mostly the animal foods that we eat, and especially dairy, because when you think about it, dairy comes from a cow, a, you know, a, a, a usually pregnant cow, and you're basically taking in both for, for lack of a better term, you're, you're consuming <clears throat> concentrated bovine growth fluid and you're consuming the, the both you're, con you're consuming growth fluid that's designed to turn a 40 pound calf into a thousand pound cow in a year. So when you think about it in those terms, and then you think about the fact that on top of that, you're eating that as cheese, which is concentrating that for a large part of the dairy that you're consuming, that most, that most Americans consume. It's like, you're just, you're giving yourself, you know, a huge influx of hormones that there's no wonder that women have trouble, that anyone has trouble with weight gain and hormone imbalance and anything like that. And, and you look at all the men in the society that have problems with weight gain, that have big, ab, you know, big abdomens that, you know, they're losing their hair because they're 
their hormones are off balance, they're growing man boobs, that's all related to hormones as well. Well, you know, it's funny, because yeah, we see this, but sometimes we would have never put it together the way you put it. And, and, and really <laughs> given us that descriptive, because you're right, I mean, milk, I mean, since younger age, people are conditioned to this, right? Yeah, your cheese, uh, drink your milk, and you know, yeah. does your body good, all the good stuff, breakfast of champions, and <laughs> you like, that's right, and you're like into it, but but we don't think about where that comes from, and really, we hardly see we think about it because you're right. I mean, our cows are not really just prairie cows and they just hang out there in nature. I mean, these are like, you know, literally, you know, developed in in in, in farms that are specifically designed to grow quickly and, and have mass exactly. production. And, yeah. and you're right. And I think that's the issue because, yeah. and, you know, even the meats, not just the dairy, even the meats. I mean, you yeah. get that stuff, it's all inflated. <laughs> yeah. And even organic grass-fed dairy is still going to have a ton of hormones and it just naturally occurring because like i said it's still designed as that bovine growth fluid it's it its purpose is to turn that little cow into a thousand pound calf in a year right you know so that can't that can't be good for 130 or 140 or 180 pound human wow yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. it. It does sound like crazy when you, yeah. you really like. Now, you... now, here's here's the thing too that I that I mentioned to people. It's like no doubt there was a time in in human evolution where having that cow's milk available made the difference between life and death because you needed a good protein source in the winter time when there wasn't much else and those kinds of things. So I don't fault our ancestors for having started to drink that stuff, but I do fault us now for continuing to make it such an integral part of our diet and the hazards that it's causing. Well, doctor, I mean, yeah. that, that's a great point that you made here because we, if we compare times, right? Yes, back in the days, also the, the 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 food diet that we had was different. I mean, people didn't eat as much as we do today. I'm sorry, I don't think they did. Uh, I may be wrong, but but you know, uh, people hardly you know had the 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 uh, selection that we have today. You go to supermarkets today. I mean, forget about it. You go to a buffet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe the rich and some people had festivities and they had all these things that we see in the movies with a lot of spread and you got all your your ham your your cows whatever your sheep whatever the lambs you know on the rotisserie whatever those things we see in movies but but the fact of the matter your average person around the world didn't have all that food yeah. available to them and therefore they they needed nutrients they needed some some source and you could live you know from milk and some you know fruits and things like that and maybe some meat but you're yeah. right today we have so many other uh, types of food available to us instantly mm -hmm. and everything comes with super calories <laughs> in them and, and hormones yeah. and everything else. So you just add in a lot more. And as a matter of fact, I was reading something the other day and I saw this picture and an article that, that literally showed people from hundred years ago, like an early 1900 pictures on, on a beach versus today. And, and the difference in, in sizes, like, Everybody was skinny, yeah. <laughs> you know, today we, we have some, you know, that actually fit and things like that because they work out and stuff, but the average person doesn't have that fit, you know, profile and therefore, or they're over, overweight, you know, in terms of their, their size or, or, or age. 
And that's a big exactly. deal. And yeah. you're right. I mean, it's not even for women. This is men and women together. We we are on the same boat here when it comes to the hormones. Mm -hmm. Yes, it may, be, it may be more difficult maybe for women, especially in that time of menopause. Mm -hmm. But but I think even men has the same issues. We lose yeah. hair. You know, you get that nice belly. Man boobs, forget about it. That's, <laughs> they don't look that, 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 that good anyways. But, but you're right. right. It's, it's a pain. <laughs> and, you know, I've read some interesting theories about the whole about our evolution and the paleolithic diet and that kind of thing too and you know and there's been there's actually some pretty significant evidence that the paleolithic diet wasn't anywhere near what the paleos would like us to think it was the paleolithic diet people actually consumed about 100 grams of fiber a day the average American now consumes about 15 to 20. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, difference. yeah, yeah. So they well, consumed, they consumed up to a hundred grams of fiber a day. And, you know, and you think about that and there's also estimates that they were, that, that they were gathering food 15, 16, 18 hours a day. Which means they were very active <laughs> right they were very active and, and yeah. we're we're really yeah you know couch potatoes and, and then sitting. you add to that the fact that we didn't really have you know we we didn't have equipment in terms of killing animals like you know like we think of you know they were hunt. hunter gatherers <laughs> but they did a lot more gathering than they did hunting well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, I mean, even we, we could talk even a couple centuries or whatever, but you're right, yeah. over the ages, things have changed, you know, drastically. And yeah. right now, we're getting the technology is making everything more easier, accessible, and uh, it makes mm -hmm. us lazier and lazier. I mean, even mm -hmm. just generation to generation, we used to do more activities outdoors than now. I mean, we're sit in front of computers and screens, right? And our work, everything's comfortable and you're just okay and then while you're sitting there you feel like the munchies and you just keep crunching on things right and yeah. then our bodies because of the way because of evolution were designed to be attracted to the fat and the sugar because that's the calorie rich stuff that mm -hmm. we were trying to get and so now we've just flipped that whole thing upside down because the industries have just made it so that everything has fat and sugar in it whether it's good for you or not <laughs> well yeah. which is why i you know the first thing that i tell people is get all that processed food out of your diet and go back to eating real food well let's talk about that because i know you made the commitment to yourself and you started changing and and obviously it worked and then then you took that to the next stage which is sharing with people and yeah. made that your life, you know, uh, you know, motivation, right? So, so you're yeah. doing that now. Now you just mentioned key real food, real and food. real food as in whole grain or not even whole whole food, and yeah. or plant based. So, so I know you talk a lot about that in in your work, and also I think you also address the diabetes diabetic, you know, concepts and diabetes people and how to to really monitor all that stuff the gut you know that you know gut you know uh um, i guess systems all that stuff so so let's talk about that let's guide us through that transition how what are your recommendations and what what would be working for people what could be working better for people and to your point let's get to that 100 you know grams of fiber versus 15. yeah grams. well and, and i think i think the first thing with that <clears throat> is that for most of us it does need to be done in stages 
In other words, most people right now, they're putting a chunk of meat on their plate and they're putting maybe a vegetable and maybe, you know, potatoes or, or white rice or something like that. You know, that's kind of typical American diet, you know? So the first thing I tell people is, you know, take that chunk of meat and cut it in thirds, put the other two thirds away for two other days, add another vegetable, swap out that white processed carbo or whatever it is, you know, (laughs) if it's just a white potato, that's one thing, but it's usually a white potato that's slathered with butter and sour cream and all that other stuff that you don't need. Mm. So substitute a sweet potato for it, substitute some brown rice for it, substitute some quinoa, some squash, start thinking in terms of other, some beans, start thinking in terms of other carbos that are going to fill you up more and give you more of a variety and start with that and then increase it from there. I like, I like the, the, the way you did it. I mean, you just, what you already have, you just kind of switch the quantities around and and, and that's, that's a good start. Also the concept that you, you're, you're talking about gradual, you know, transformation and change because if you do it instantly you're not going to do it there's no way for you to just overnight just you know turn off the the switch right right i think it's going to take some adjustment for your body as well and your mindset and uh, but you're right one of the things that you mentioned is that all the extra stuff we put on our food and it it, boy there's a lot of it i mean it's (laughs) funny from sauces to to mayo and a lot of that stuff is really not as natural as it can get and then you have all the other additives and and, and addictives <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, it's crazy but but you have all that stuff in there right now now here's another thing you can substitute things pretty readily that are going to give your food a whole lot more flavor like mm. instead of that you know instead of the potato or the rice or something you could still do a potato but instead of loading it up with butter and sour cream take that potato and put some sauteed mushrooms at, or some salsa or something, something that's going to give it more flavor. I like that. So, you know, um, you know, some steamed broccoli and some, some saute, you know, some sauteed mushrooms or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, anything that's going to give it that give you, give it a little bit more variety, a little bit more flavor. So that's one thing that you can do. And, you know, when you think of things like, you know, when I mentioned sweet potatoes, people are used to having sweet potatoes with sweet stuff, which you can do. And you can also that do that naturally, like you can bake it with, um, with dried fruit or that kind of thing. That's one option, but you can also make sweet potatoes savory and it actually comes out really tasty. Well, I mean, that, that I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, the, the thing is that some people may be listening right now, like, well, I like my uh, extra sauces and, you know, all my dressings and all my dips and all that stuff, which basically, do you even need them? I mean, to your point, it's, it's a flavor thing uh, mm-hmm. because you want to get that extra little, you know, uh, sensation. But, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, do you right. really need that? I mean, you have your core meal and then you add all this extra. And some of that stuff is loaded with extra calories and fat and all the bad stuff, right? And exactly. by the way, I mean, it is available. People like it and we're not against, you know, you know I'm not telling people you can't have it. That's that's a choice. But at the same time, it, it we make choices based on our needs, right? And, and, you know, when you see yourself not in a healthy place, 
Uh, you can't move. You can't even, you know, uh, tie your shoes. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, your belly yeah. is getting in the way. <laughs> you know, you can't stretch. You know, you can't run for like, you know, uh, I don't know, a hundred feet. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You walk up the stairs. You're like, oh my god, I can't breathe. That then you know there's a problem. So you have to adjust. And I think for people that are listening, you know, uh, this is purely health. Well, you know, it's all you, right? It's 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 your fitness. It's your wellness. You got to make it work. Yeah. And exactly. And, and, you know, and the thing that I like to point out to people is, you know, I used to get into these conversations when I was in chiropractic practice with my patients and I would ask them, you know, if you keep on, keep going at the rate that you're going, what do you feel like, like, like your life is really going to look like 30 years from now? And I would get responses like, well, I don't know. I don't know that I want to be here 30 years from now. And my response to that would be, how much choice do you really have? In other words, what we what we do see in kind of the bigger picture is that to a large extent, our genetics will determine how long we live, but they will not determine how well we live. Okay? So I know I've got three of my four grandparents lived to be actually two, two of my four grandparents lived to be over 90. Okay. One lived to be over 80. The other one, I don't count because he got mustard gassed in world war one. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So, so I got some longevity there. So I know, I, I know that I have the potential to likely live a long life. Now, how I live is going to determine whether or not that long life is going to be healthy or if I'm going to be suffering those last 10 to 15 years. And you bet your ass that I don't plan on suffering a day. <laughs> well, you know, doctor, you know, it's a very good point you're making there. And, and, and so the answer that that person people would give you, obviously, you know, it's 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 not what they really want. They just they just that's what they want to put as a barrier, right? Like, OK, this right. is me. You're not going to change my mind. You know, yeah. I don't want to live there. You know what? To your point, you don't choose how long you're yeah. going to live. I mean, yeah. unless you terminate your life, which is bad, but, but, which, you know, which, you know yeah, the exactly. average person watch, you know, listening to this is not going to do. <laughs> exactly. So, so the point is you're going to live for as long as your body continues to live. And the problem is, are you going to live healthy and, and feel good about your, your, your agent and what even your agent will age, you know, gracefully and nicely, and you can still do things and be, maybe you have grandkids, you want to play with them, enjoy life, travel around. Or you can just be literally in a wheelchair, not able to do much and, and just kind of regret every yeah. single decision you made in your life. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 a funny because when you meet with younger people, you see that that I think with age comes wisdom here <laughs> and, and the younger people are, they think they're invisible. I was there. I've been there. And I know at a certain point, you're like, you know, I don't care. I got this. You know, I can never think that my body is going to start giving up on me at a certain point. And what I notice every decade, it does give up a little bit more. On exactly. You. <laughs> Slowly but surely, you start losing some of those capabilities. I mean, you try to maintain, and but it's not always up to you. But you're right. The healthy choices or the bad choices we make can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And and making commitments to yourself. I mean, really, as I mentioned, you know, as briefly, health is wealth here, or health wealth. They all together. I mean, your wealth is really the best wealth you have is your health. I mean, exactly. Because without it, it's nothing, right? And we hear that expression all the time. But so if you don't take care of yourself today, 
and keep up. I mean, I, 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 I tell this to my mother. I mean, she's in the eighties and uh, she's diabetic. She's been living with diabetes for years. And I keep telling her like the last five years, you haven't been active. And so you gain more weight and stuff. And there's, it's only going to get worse unless you make a difference today or start making some moves. And, and the moves are, you need to work out. You need to at least walk. I'm not saying mm -hmm. go actively, but take some walking, you know, and things like that. And now the heart is actually in the play. So the heart is not as, you know, healthy as it used to be. So now you cannot do a lot of walking. So now it's almost like one, one is worse. Like, you know, which one is actually causing more problems, but that that's actually an advice. I, I try to work with my mom on this, but everybody listening, I'm, I'm sure you have somebody in your family that you know, or friends or whatever that may be experiencing this with their parents or grandparents, but know that if we age, and if we do live long enough, you will experience some of those unless you make those choices today and make exactly. the difference. And, yeah. and yes, some people can tell you have this argument all the time. Oh, I know so-and-so he was drinking. She was doing this and lived forever. I mean, yes, maybe a percent of people may have genetic, you know, phenomena and they can live that long without any problems, or it could be just smoke screens. I mean, you know, boom. Yeah. And, and, and what I would say to that is that that's a very, very small percentage of people. And you're much, you're much more likely to live a healthier life and to be able to do the things that you want throughout your entire life, if you pay attention. And you do want to think in, in general terms that everything that you eat is either investing in your wellness or contributing towards your sickness. I love that. That's, 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 yeah. that's, that we got to take that yeah. as a definition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, but you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, uh, we hear all this about, you know, uh, say I'm in the, 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 the space of managed care with Medicare, right? So I work with seniors all the time. And, you know, as, as a health plan, I mean, we do a lot of work, you know, to keep people healthier. And obviously, as an insurance, you want people to, to have low risk and you keep them as, as healthy as you can, right? But when you think about that, right? You, you, you realize that even retirement now, you know, is getting at a later age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you got a plan to work your life until that retirement age, 67, I think that's the, the time frame right now. And some people even work even longer. You're at that point and you want to live a little bit longer and have, you know, time to vacation and travel around the world. Because a lot of us, you know, may think that's the time to do this, mm -hmm. you know which I'm not a big fan of that, that, that formula. I mean, you live your life as you live, right? You know, you try to, right. you can't just be work, work, work. And the next thing you know, you wait until the, that time and you think you're going to enjoy life because it's going to be a little harder to do things, <laughs> but, but that's the problem. So we wait for that point. And then if we're not healthy, what's going to happen at that point, you're not going to be able to move to do things. Right. So you're just going to be like literally at a doctor's office, you know, three times a week, you know, popping a lot of pills. And that, that's not something you want. And to your point, holistically, if you look at it from any type of shows that we've done about, you know, nutrition things, it leads to the same discussion, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Invest in it now, uh, change your habits, your lifestyle has to be shifted. And despite what's, despite what's around us, I mean, yes, we are surrounded with marketing and suggestive stuff, you know, mm -hmm. uh, everywhere you go, there's food. <laughs> everywhere you go, there's food. I mean, it is what it is. And it's, it's yeah. not always your best healthy food, right? So, yeah. so I know you focus on, on the concept of diabetes as well. So, so let's talk about that, like the whole food concept with prevention of diabetes, or at least, you know, getting people to live with it. I mean, that's a dear topic of you know, yeah. to my heart because I always want to know more about it. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things about that is that 
and and this may come as a surprise to you because I don't know how much you've been keeping up on this literature, but it's now pretty well understood that high blood sugar is just a symptom in diabetes, that it's not ultimately the problem. And the problem is actually too much fat in the cells that doesn't allow the insulin to do its job properly. So it's kind of a little bit different than what most people think of it of think of it as because typically when you talk to people who have diabetes they're carb counting and they're trying to keep away from carbohydrates and they're told to only eat two pieces of fruit a day and all that kind of stuff but the thing of it is if you take the the average person with type 2 diabetes and you switch them to a whole food, low fat diet. So you increase their grain, you increase the complex carbos, the whole grains, the quinoa, the brown rice, the barley, the all the all the beans, all that stuff. You get them eating whole fruit, you get them off of all their pastries and garbage, okay? And they can typically bring their a1c levels down into normal range in a couple of months sometimes quicker oh, wow. yeah but I, I i started actually reading some articles about it and you're right yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole new wave of uh, studies about how uh, the fat is what stops the insulin from from processing correctly and things like that and and and, and that is a new thing because to your point we've always been conditioned to no sugar, you know, uh, limit your, your, how many toasts you get a day, whatever, you know, uh, and mm -hmm. substitute things. But, but you're right. I mean, that is a big, you know, almost breakthrough in, in, in terms of what diabetes is. Yes. And no, I'm actually going to correct you on that one. Go ahead. Uh, it probably existed. It just <laughs> because wasn't. There, there are studies going all the way back to the 1930s on feeding people, high carbohydrate, low fat diets to cure diabetes. Well, so now that now we're going to get into politics <laughs> because <laughs> because there's got to be a reason why these things haven't been, you know, ultimately. And, you know, I'm just being funny about it. But yeah, it's, you're right. I mean, yeah, it's the easy way. But exactly. It's the easy yeah. way. And also there's 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 other reasons for that. I mean, you know, uh, if we cure diabetes, that's another story. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess people are listening. They're like, mm -hmm, yeah. we got your, we got your drift. Right. So, 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 but the fact is, you know, some, some, I guess, illnesses are just managed as opposed to cured. And because there's, there's a reason for that. Right. And uh, exactly. We can leave the politics to their, their folks, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's and, other and, channels for know, that one. <laughs> and, and it sounds like you're a little bit familiar with some, with some of the, some of the people in the industry so you know dr neil barnard who has done some studies on this talks about the fact that his dad was actually a medical doctor who treated diabetes only he never got anybody better treating diabetes the traditional way well Neil actually manages to reverse diabetes in the vast number of his patients because he's approaching it from the whole food plant-based model. And, and you're right. I mean, listen, yeah. this is, I, I think it's beyond even the 1900s. I mean, 
yeah. when you're looking at traditional, you know, uh, Eastern medicine, you know, and Chinese medicine, you know, uh, herbs, for example, have been used for the longest, you know, to, to treat, you know, you know, diabetes is not new. I mean, it's existed for <laughs> centuries. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously with, with this century, it's a lot more, you know, uh, well, this century, I mean, we're already in the 21st <laughs> time, so time flies, we have fun, right? So, so, I mean, in the last you know, century and a half, whatever, <laughs> we've had a lot more of a, an impact or increase a spike because of everything we eat now has sugar. I mean, you know, forget, I mean, uh, back in the days, you will have sugar, but it will be limited. Now, mm -hmm. maybe a pastry or homemade cookies and stuff. Now it's, everything is in the in the box and, and and loaded with extra stuff probably not needed right and then we, we right. instead of having one cookie we take the whole box our kids these days they just go through the whole box in an hour or half hour that's that's sad right and 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 that's the fact right and then like a, a good doctor of a friend of mine uh he had told me this and he explained this very simply he said your pancreas is is designed to live your life with you <laughs> And there's two ways to go about this. You can either allow it to, to get enough insulin as it's designed throughout the concept of the, the lifetime that it's designed for, or you can just upload it in the first 20 and destroy it and you have none left for the rest of it. I mean, that's kind of like a way to describe yeah. it. The way he made it, it was so simple in terms of like, uh, hello, it's like a car, right? I mean, you drive your car a few miles here, you take care of it, it lasts longer, it looks nicer. Even if mm -hmm. it lasts, I mean, I've seen some, cars that are 100 years that look nice and they were not actually you know spruced up they just the people had them and they kept them and, and it's the same thing with the body right you, you maintain mm -hmm. it correctly you give it enough you know you don't abuse it it's gonna be good mm -hmm. and, and and that that's his analogy but it, it was like you know like oh that's simple i can i, I yeah. can i can dig that right it's easy but you're right so 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 now let's talk about we talked about the nutrition part we talked about the whole food plant-based uh the substitution but now People will question this. Well, exercise. How do we do about that? You know, do I have to do exercise? How much exercise? Do I even need exercise? I don't like to exercise. What kind of exercise works for me? Because that's a big deal, right? So, yeah. so what do you tell people? Well, first of all, I remind well, I remind people or I tell people that there are over six hundred muscles in the human body. So, to <laughs> me, that says our bodies were made to move. You know, it just, it just right. does. And so you have to move your body and you think about, like I said, back to our hunter gatherer ancestors, you know, they, they were moving 16 to 20 hours a day. You know, so sitting on the couch all day, you know, we call, we call, you know, we call sitting the new smoking because it's as hazardous to our health as smoking once was. That's a great analogy. And I haven't you know, heard that before, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love it. I love it. I'm sure people will be like, damn, that makes sense because true, uh, it yeah. is becoming a habit. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people did a lot of work, physical work. Now we don't do much of it. I mean, now with computers, you don't have to type anymore. You can just talk <laughs> and it, it types for you. Right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, even our fingers and nails. And how are, much energy probably... does this take? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so imagine that. I mean, I, I try to be a little funny here, but, but you know, people can see this. I mean, the fact is we're just getting lazier and lazier and lazier mm -hmm. and everything is making it for us to be as convenient and, and comfortable as possible. And we do less now. It's so much that in some 
offices now they have these uh what do you call those the stand-up desks whatever you have to stand to work because yeah. really people just cannot stand like for eight hours and sit in, i mean rather sit in eight hours and just being you know typing stuff right or right. in front of the computer that's that's actually the difference between today and like in the days right you know you had a little bit of i guess difference in in activities we don't have that now i uh, think that that's a big part of it and i also you know one of the things that i always encourage people you know when i was in chiropractic practice i saw younger people too and i would always encourage them you know find something that you enjoy doing that's active you know whether even if it's just going out first you know for a stroll with your kids and your spouse at the end at the end of the evening after dinner or something find something that you enjoy doing that's active or at least moderately active and incorporate it into your lifestyle so that you're doing it on a regular basis. And at least you're getting that much more that you're doing now than you would otherwise be doing because you're establishing that habit. Well, listen, I think that's a great advice because um, there people sometimes are just conditioned. If I don't go to the gym, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything. Right. And, and yeah. you're right. Sometimes you can do things with the family. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. walk around yeah. and I mean, you know, and this, this pandemic has, has shown that, I mean, a lot of people were locked in their homes and some are luckier than others. They were able to walk around and uh, I mean, outdoors was open, so you can still go out and, and do some walking. Right. And some people got into the habit of doing that. I mean, in my neighborhood, you know, everybody was walking. You know, exactly literally i mean obviously they had time but but yeah. certainly people were like i, I some people were walking twice three times a day just going around the neighborhood you yeah. just you know, just stretching every day they were doing it so yeah and people have taken have taken some of that to heart you know i'm a bicyclist that's one of, that's one of the ways i get most of my exercise and since the pandemic bicycling has become a huge thing you know it, it is really, really hard to get bicycles or bicycle parts or any of that stuff like worldwide because everybody has jumped on the bandwagon about cycling. And I, you know, it's great. I was going to tell you, like, you can't find one, even if you wanted it. I mean, yeah, now you, they're starting yeah. to pop up, but there was a time you couldn't find them anywhere, you know, and, and, and those that were like online, like some people were selling theirs. Now we're asking yeah. for some crazy pricing, right? It's amazing. Yeah. But you're right. It's it's uh, a complete, you know, uh, workout. You can yeah, yeah. check out scenery and it's outdoors and you can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, listen, there is always a way. Yeah. You know, I, I think if we want to be, be active and healthy, I sometimes I joke with my mom. I'm like, you don't have to be doing it. And, and this is a true, true story. I actually bought her one of those uh, feed pedals. <laughs> so you can learn. It's like a it's like a like a bike thing, but, but you just sit on your chair and you do it because she can't do anything anymore. So mm -hmm. I want her to do that. So basically mm -hmm. she's sitting just like on, on a regular gym bike. And now she's doing her thing, you know, Good. <laughs> but, Is but she doing least, it? she's starting. Yes. And you, know, she, you can even move it and work with your arms, but at least you, if you can't do it outdoors, you can do something, but you cannot yeah. just be, you know, idle, not doing anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you can be standing watching TV doing exercise. I mean, there's nothing exactly. you can watch a movie yep. and just bouncing, right? Uh, the key is you can't just stop. Just you stop and it's over. And then if you watch your food and you do everything by the book, there's a good chance you can live that healthy life for as long as you can maintain it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, we do get lazy. And I think that, you know, I'm gonna ask you about that. So what do you tell people? I mean, because laziness, I think sometimes people get tired. 
even from a routine and any routine, whether it's you yeah. know, a good routine or bad routine. And so sometimes, you know, you get that like, huh, you know what, how, how long can I keep up with this? Right? <laughs> and then you give well, up for a minute. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is about looking down the road and, you know, what's your commitment in life 10, 20, 30 years from now? You know, one of the things that if you look at like the blue zone regions, and I know you're familiar with that term, you know, the five, you know, five areas in the world where people still learn, live healthfully into their 80s, 90s and beyond. If you look at those regions, one of the things that they do that we have started to neglect in the Western world is that they continue to work in their communities, they continue to evolve, they continue to have ideas for what they want their life to look like, you know, into the future, they continue to make new goals and participate with their societies and things like that. And those are a lot of the things that we don't do as well in this in the Western world, you know, we have a tendency to house our seniors, you know, someplace where we don't see them, and they have such a wealth of knowledge that they could you know that 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 they have to give to us if we allow that and at the same time we want to encourage our seniors to maintain that mm -hmm. you know well, so that's that that's a whole other part of it is it has to be that holistic approach where you're thinking about what do i want life to look like 10 20 30 years from now well i think that's a core element yeah each and every one of us should really ask that question yeah. what would be my formula for the next 30. And I mean, yeah. it depends on what age you're in. I mean, if you're way early in the 20s, you might think maybe 50 years or even 20 or 30 at a click. But at the end of the day, you want to project that and set yeah. those goals. And, and you, you've touched on something I was going to ask earlier, which is we talk about the Western, we talk about the US primarily, but, but when you go even to Europe, right? Their lifestyles are different. You go to to the east, you know, it's even diff more different, and it, mm -hmm. it keeps changing. So their foods are different, their diets are different, their activities are that they they have lesser of a stress environment than than we we have here. So you have a lot of different things, and we've created these environments for ourselves exactly. uh, because it's all about business. Yeah, we want to be the best. We want to be number one. We we were at a certain point number one in a lot of areas. But I think we've lost that 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 actual rhythm, right? And and a lot of other, you know, we travel to Spain, for example. I mean, I mean, it happened to me. I I, I wound up there at at a, a siesta time. We couldn't even get a rental car. <laughs> we had it booked, but we could we had to wait for like two hours or whatever. I forgot about four, three hours before they opened just to pick up a car. And why? Because they were not working. They were resting. Right. That's right. it. There's time out, right? And then at night they were all alive. They were like everybody was outside in the streets having a good time. And throughout Europe, you see a lot more of that. And then you go further east, you see a lot. I mean, Turkey and you keep going. I mean, it just gets a lot more festive and more active, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and those are just lifestyles changes. And, and I mean, maybe it's cultural. And the sad thing is like we're in the U.S. I mean, we are multicultural. I mean, really, I mean, you go to you're in California. I'm in the East Coast. I mean, it's pretty diversified. I mean, you, you name it, you have it. Any foods, any cultures, any festivals, you can have it around here. Right. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mean, in the big cities, you can do walk and maybe in the suburbs, it's hard, but you can bike, <laughs> mm -hmm. you can take walks and I mean, you can go to trails and whatever. But if you go to the city, you can walk 10, 15 blocks without even knowing that you did because 
you're looking at shops, you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You can go to the mall and just walk. I mean, I there's a program we used to do, and we still do actually, and it's called Mall Walkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So our seniors basically, you know, in the morning before the mall opens up, you know, uh, we give them, you know, uh, we authorization permission and we, the mall, we work, you know, as, as a plan. And these people come in, they walk all around the mall for about a half hour to, to 45 minutes. And then we have breakfast for them and it's fun stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the mall is empty, big. Yeah. <laughs> they can do a lot of walking in there. And it's yeah. also, you know, uh, the AC is on, the heat is on, depending on the season. So yeah. it's very, very comfortable. There are things we can be done that can be done. Right. But do we want them? That's the question, I think. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I think the thing of it is, is that we have to think in terms, like I said, of what's our life going to be like? You know, if if you want to be able to do those things, you know, 10, 20 years from now, you need to keep doing them on a regular basis. So, you know, even if it's just walking the mall with you know with your friend if that gives you enough exercise that you can continue doing that you know you you do that then you do a little bit of stretching you do a little bit of strengthening you do a tiny bit of core work once in a while and you can you can incorporate that into part of a lifestyle that's going to keep you fit so that is the formula but you added something actually important in that that little formula you know what it is a friend somebody to do it with See, exactly. that's the other part. You're not, we're not alone in this world. I mean, exactly. even, if, even if you were, uh, you know, a lonely child, whatever, you do have people in your circles. Mm-hmm. Pick the ones that have similar, you know, I guess, uh, I guess they, they have the same trends and they like the same things yeah. and match up, you know, work it. I mean, it could be your spouse, it could be your friend, it could be your family member, your kids, enjoy your kids, have fun yeah. with them, grandkids if you have to, but, yeah. but do it, you know, just, just find somebody that can see the same, you know, positive, you know, uh, angles that you have and, and work together towards the same goal, you know, for you and for them. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a big deal because we're not alone in this world we can, we can capitalize on who's, who's around us. And I'm sure you'll find someone in your circles and, and, and you can just, Hey, let's create a, a walkers, you know, a, a crew or a group or, yep. Or a club, whatever. I mean, we have bikers clubs, you know, walkers clubs. Let's do it. <laughs> well, and, and the thing about that is, is that if you know that you're meeting your friend at the track or at at, at the mall or at the whatever, you're going to be there even on the mornings when you might not want to be because they're depending on you. Exactly. You have you have yeah. a reason now. You, you, yeah. you, you have some, because if you're doing it by yourself, you do get lazy. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day. And that's the other thing. We have to have the, the uh, I guess, consistency is key. You have to yeah. have determination. Uh, you cannot just kind of like give up, you know, easily uh, on your own. Uh, because at the end yeah. of the day, the only one that's going to suffer is, it's almost a uh, catch 22, as I say, right? You know, it's uh, the 22, right? Correct. <laughs> I have this whole thing with yeah. 22 and 20. But, but the concept is, if you don't, it gets worse. Yeah, exactly. And as it gets worse, you just cannot come out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it becomes harder to come out of it. So, so do it, do it better and stay in it. That's it. I, that's yeah. the only way to do it. Don't even hesitate. And I, and I think the thing of it is, is establish those habits. And there's, there's a little saying that that's goes something like commitment is doing what you said you would do long after the, the mood that you said you would do it in has gone. Like that. So yeah. now we have it and we have the signature on the show. So this is going to have to go viral. 
<laughs> well, well, listen, I mean, it, it, I mean, we can have, there's so much stuff that we can talk about today. And, but, but I wanted just to, as we come in at the end of the hour, I wanted you to maybe just give us a full picture of like your ideal um, program. Like, you know, what you would put someone right now if they're listening. And, and also I want you to talk about how they can reach out to you and maybe how you can help them uh, and resources that you might have for people. Sure. So um, I do tend to gravitate mostly towards working with women 40 and over. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's surrounding the perimenopause thing, but sometimes it's, it's just around a chronic health problem. Maybe it's diabetes, maybe it's, you know, some other problem. And I tend to work. It's, it's a full concept. So I don't, so it's not just the diet. It also involves like a, we mentioned a little bit about the hormones. There's a lot more hormones in there that we didn't have a chance to talk about. So it's about the diet, the gut microbiome, the environment, um, their exercise. It involves all of that together as a package. And basically, um, typically it's, you know, typically it's like a one-on-one -on -one coach, coaching consulting program where we set some goals and we help them ach achieve those goals. So moving them more towards plant-based and getting them more, getting them to a healthier lifestyle, all dependent on what they want. Yep. And, um, and within that, you know, like I said, it's, Basically, I concentrate, I do concentrate a lot more on the women's issues, but it doesn't necessarily need to be just that. All right. Well, um, so, so someone say, I mean, you're in, in the West Coast and maybe, you know, it's different there. Some people will, will, will argue that, right? Uh, is, is that, you know, like plant-based, right? It should be accessible across everybody's, right? I mean, everybody has some sort of plant-based opportunity that's not too far away, right? Sure. Uh, all the stuff that you do is attainable. It's available, whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm assuming that you do this now uh, via Zoom and, and remotely as, 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 as exactly. you, the last two years have been, right? Yeah. So, so it hasn't limited you know, your abilities to reach out and have to help people across different states. And, and I think I, if anything, the pandemic has increased that because people are now looking at other opportunities in other places because they don't have to be so localized. All right. Well, again, yeah. that's that's great because I, you know, uh, I think I think people can you know benefit from your services and definitely from your uh, experience and 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 your formula because you have that that whole holistic combined you know uh, combination of things that you actually add to the their lifestyle and uh, guide them. And if they do, uh, I guess follow it. You know, what what will be their time frame? How long will it take for someone, for example, to start really seeing results using your you know, approach? I think it depends a lot on what the problem is and on how fast, how fast and how far they're willing and want to go. In okay. other words, somebody that has, say, type two diabetes and is committed to getting off the metformin and making some real positive changes quickly, we can off, you know, we can typically get them seeing achievable results in a couple of months. Wow. <laughs> that that's everybody's dream, right? I mean, yeah. you, know, you can learn, I mean, 
couple of months will go fast. I mean, yeah. listen, the pandemic started the other day. It's yeah. almost two years, right? So time yeah. flies. <laughs> and, and, and when you're in a good pace and you can see some changes happening and you do realize change because when your body is transforming, you do feel the energy levels. You do, you do. feel the changes. You can see the trim. Now you can actually tie your shoes. <laughs> you can <laughs> dress easier. You can read better. So you can see this. I mean, literally a couple of pounds off and you can start seeing a difference. I, I can relate that. I was, I, there's a point where I couldn't even bend down to actually, literally, I, I use that as, as a joke, but it was hard for me to actually really tie my shoes. Uh, and so, so I used to buy slip-ons, you know, shoes, <laughs> you know, but, but, but that's like, you know, when you think about it, that was a period of my time where I just yeah. let everything go. And I just wound up, you know, getting a lot of weight mm -hmm. very quickly. Mm -hmm. And it was harder to drop that weight. Yeah. But, but once you start dropping the weight, you see those results, it feels great. And you you feel the energy, you feel hyper, you, you feel also that you're more active, you can do more. So, so that just in itself, it's good mental state right there. Yeah. Um, so, so thank you. I mean, that's, that's great to know, because I think for people, you know, everybody's going to determine that time frame based on the commitment, how much they put in and whether they really apply everything that you share with them. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Um, so ultimately now the next step, the next question is how can they reach out to you? Sure. Um, I think the easiest way is probably just through my website, which is drlesliek.com. Oh, that's easy. All right. And, well, we're going to have yeah. that. Yeah, um, they can they can they can sign up to get my blogs or do what you know, they can contact me directly um, through through the contact page there. That's probably just the easiest way. And that way, there's only one one link that we're giving people. Perfect. So yeah. so we will have the link on the description of the show. So folks, if you're listening, watching, hope you enjoyed all this and, uh, and uh, really taking it to to heart. And you know, there's so much value here. Uh, reach out to Dr. Leslie, and you can get, you know, a real good uh, transformational, you know, tips and or, you know, success as, as a matter of fact, that's what the ultimate goal would be. And again, uh, obviously, the, the the main, you know, folks focus here is women, you know, 40 and up, but I think everybody that can reach out, that may be interested in, in, in lifestyle changes, or whatever can actually reach out. Yeah. So, so, uh, Doctor, it, it, it's been great. I mean, the hour went by quick. <laughs> and uh, like I said, time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've learned quite a bit. You shared with us a lot of, you know, good pointers here of what we should be doing and and, and really what we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and uh, so I, I appreciate the time. Uh, any last words that you want to, you know, of wisdom that you want to share with the audience before we close the show? Um, the only thing I would say is just, you know, take it one step at a, at a time, understand that as you transition your taste transition. So it's not about depriving yourself of anything. It's just working with your body to make those, make those transitions as you can. And your body has an amazing recuperative ability and also an amazing ability to adapt. So, you know, so that whatever food it is that you're just dying to eat right now, you know, you, you start making that transition and your, your taste will change. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, doctor, for that, those, that, those words of advice and uh, folks uh, that, you know, we're going to end our show today. 
Uh, thank you, Doctor, for being with us. Thank you for everything. Folks, thank you for watching and stay tuned for our next uh, show coming up uh, soon. And uh, that's it. Ciao for now. Bye-bye. Great. Bye-bye. Thanks.